0: Welcome to episode 22 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf in downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'll be sharing with you what was on my nightstand during the month of March. So let's get started. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm doing the podcast solo today, so I thought I would share with you the books I read in March and give you a little recap and let you know kind of the books I think you might want to add to your list this spring. We have almost made it, or I guess we have made it, through a quarter of the year, and I've read some really great books this year. Um, Several of those came last month. So the first book I read was Ghetto Side by journalist Jill, uh, I believe her last name is pronounced Levi, but it's L-E-O-V-Y for those of you Googling out there. Um, I started Ghetto Side back in February, so if you've been following along my blog or my Instagram, or the Bookshelf blog or Instagram, then you've probably heard me mention this book. Um, It came out in February. It was briefly on the New York Times bestseller list, Um, but I think it deserves a lot of attention, Um, especially with current events happening in our country. um, It's a really relevant, important book. Um, It takes a while to get through, um, and that's not because of any thing the author does incorrectly in fact it's just heavy material um it actually covers the current um urban crime epidemic in los angeles county um nearly every day someone is killed in an act of violence there and instead of this just being a bunch of statistical information even though that is kind of woven throughout the story um Jill, I think because of her journalistic background, can give faces to the names of the victims and their families. Um and it's just a really important book to read. Like I said, it took me a while to get through. I think I started it in February and then didn't really finish up until March. And um it was heavy reading, so I read it in the evenings, but I'd recommend maybe um you try to read this, not necessarily right before bed, which is what I wound up um, doing a lot of, but well worth the time um get it from your local library pick it up at your local bookstore um it's just an important relevant book um and one I think that can spark a lot of important conversations so uh that is Ghetto Side by Jill Levi um, the next book I read to kind of get me out of my ghetto-side-inspired funk uh, it was Single Carefree Mellow by Katherine Haney. Um, it's a collection of short stories, which short stories to me can either go really, really well or really, really wrong. Um, I think this one was really, really great. Um, I actually loved this book. I think it's ideal for spring and summertime reading. Um, it's one I would definitely recommend to my girlfriends, or I'd stick it in the mail to them if I had an extra copy. It's intelligent, funny, sad. Uh, I think it has drawn some comparisons to Lena Dunham, um, but Lena Dunham's book, of course, is nonfiction, and these are fictional short stories. Um, these are not uplifting, necessarily. In fact, the, each story deals a lot with love and marriage, some infidelity so if um, if in a literary setting that makes you uncomfortable um, this book might be tough um, but it's really realistic I think portrayals of growing up and um, what infidelity looks like and, and yet there, it's also funny and heartbreaking and I just thought it was a really smartly written book uh, I also found them to be compulsively readable um, I finished this book in like two hours. I just kind of flew through, Um, and part of that's because I'm a fast reader and part of that is just because the stories are really enjoyable and you'll find yourself wanting to just read the next one. So, you know, normally short story collections I can read one story and then put it down for a little bit and then come back to it, but these I kind of wanted to read straight through. So. I really recommend this one, especially for those of you still spring breaking or getting ready to go um, go to the beach this summer. It'd be a fun one to um, take by the pool or share among friends. and um, It might even be a good book club uh, pick if you're looking for some short stories to read among yourselves. Um, the next book I read was actually an advanced reader copy. So good news for me, bad news for you, I suppose. Uh, the book was Everybody Rise by Stephanie Clifford. Go ahead and put this one on your list, um, especially if you're like me. So one of my favorite genres, I'm not even sure what you would call it. It's kind of literary fiction. It's definitely female centric. Um, J. Courtney Sullivan, Maggie Shipstead, um, those types of books. I loved Maine by J. Courtney Sullivan, Curtis Sittenfeld, um, Yana Lassi, Writing Camp for Girls. If any of these titles are sounding familiar to you and if those are books you enjoyed, that is kind of my, I won't even say guilty pleasure because I don't feel guilty about it at all. Those are some of my favorite types of books. Um, Everybody Rise fits beautifully in in, among those titles. Um, and Stephanie Clifford deserves a spot among those authors. Um, this was one of my favorite books of March. It might be one of my favorite books of the year thus far. Um, again, completely different from A Ghetto Side or one of those books that you need to read that I think is important for you to read. This one was just really enjoyable. It, it, again, one of my favorite genres of, of reading, so hard not to make my my top list. Um, this is a debut novel. It's one I think you'll be hearing quite a bit about, even if Um, J. Courtney Sullivan and Curtis Sittenfeld aren't your typical uh, books. Everybody Rise takes place in New York City in 2006, so a few years before the crash, and so we really get this portrayal of the opulence of New York City, and we've got this 26-year-old protagonist, Evelyn Beacon, and she's struggling to find her way in the world of the Manhattan elite, so she's working for this new social media kind of company, and she's trying to attract and mingle with the upper echelon of the city. And she's convinced she belongs there, and yet you you as the reader quickly discover she probably doesn't belong there. Um, her personality and her financial situation don't match uh, the world that she's trying to live in. Um, and I read this book, again, compulsively. like couldn't really put it down. I remember reading it one night while I was cooking dinner, and I became so frustrated with Evelyn that I almost burned my supper. Like I was so distracted and distraught by the decisions that she was making which to me means I was really invested in this story. Um, it The book tracks Evelyn's rise and of course her fall, which may be where the title comes from. Um, I love this book. I Again, I'd recommend it. I'd, I'd add it um, to a list of book club reads, particularly again if you're If your type of reading is the same as as mine, if you really enjoy... I I hate to call it... It's not chiclet to me, but it's it's smart, well-written, female-centric fiction. Um, And Everybody Rise... Is excellent. I recommended it on Indie Next List. Um, I've already told my staff we're gonna need to order several copies because it's kind of gonna be my book I push here at the end of the summer. So, Everybody Rise by Stephanie Clifford will release in August, so you've got to wait a couple of months. Um, I did get two advanced reader copies in the mail, and although I desperately wanted to keep one, I did send them off into the world so. Um, If you follow me on Instagram, um, I've got a sisterhood of the traveling book club going on right now. Um, So I send these advanced reader copies out into the world once I'm done with them and um, leave them in your hands and you kind of get to pass them on to someone else and let me know what you think. I, uh, I'm i always intrigued by what other people are reading and I want to know what you think too. So if you follow me on Instagram, you can um, sign up or um, try to get some of these advanced reader copies sent your way. I would love to send you one. But these two of um, copies of Everybody Rise are already in new homes and I hope they're being read and enjoyed as much as I enjoyed them. Um, so everybody rise by Stephanie Clifford releases in August. The next book I read um, was In a Dark Wood by Joseph Lutzi. um That's uh, Joseph L U Z Z I. In case you're the googling type, um, I picked this one up again as an advanced reader copy. Uh, this book will release in July. The reason I picked it up was the title comes from um, it comes from Dante's. Divine Comedy, and my husband and I really, I don't know if you want to say you love The Divine Comedy, but we really appreciate and have learned a lot from Dante's The Divine Comedy, and I'm always intrigued with fictional and non-fictional looks at that work. So one of my actual, actually one of my favorite kind of retellings or inspiration, I don't know, inspired by books, um, is fictional, the Dante club by my, uh, Matthew Pearl, I believe his name is. Um, I read it several years ago, so, um, it, I'm not even sure when it came out, but I had just finished a course on Dante's divine comedy and really thoroughly enjoyed that fictional take. So this one is, it was an advanced reader that came across my desk and I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, the premise is sad. Um, author and Italian professor Joseph Letzi lost his pregnant wife in a terrible car accident but not before she gave birth to their first child so In a Dark Wood is really a story of grief and heartbreak and how this Italian professor managed to come through his own dark wood um, by following Dante so if you are a fan of the classics and if you are a student of Dante I think you'll enjoy this book now um I also think this book has very academic undertones and again I think that's because the author is a professor and so it's written even though it's a memoir it definitely reads um, in some places like a textbook now I found the little tidbits about the historical aspects of Dante and the Divine Comedy and Italy. I found those really interesting because those are subjects that interest me. Um, I've traveled to Italy. Um, Jordan and I studied the Divine Comedy in school. Um, So those parts of the of the it's not a novel those parts of the memoir I actually found to be really fascinating um but i know that not everyone will so this is a book that i think you will enjoy if you're familiar with dante if you have read the divine comedy and if you understand the ins and outs of that book or if you want to understand the ins and out of that book even more um then i think you will enjoy in a dark wood um i thought that I was going to enjoy the memoir parts of this book because I am a memoir fan. Um, but as I said, the parts I actually found most interesting were the parts about the history of Dante. His story of grief, um, while heartbreaking and saddening, perhaps because he's a professor, perhaps he's ar- because he's already worked through his grief, I didn't feel much emotion. It wasn't like for example, um, Joan Didion's A Year of Magical Thinking completely wrecked me. Um, I'm not a super emotional, emotive person, but I loved that book. It was heart-wrenching and, and completely haunted me for weeks after. This did not do that. Instead, like I said, what I found interesting were the parts about Italy. So if you're traveling to Italy, this might be a fun one to pick up, um, on your travels. Um, the, the historical references and the, really the academic parts of this book I think the author excelled most at um again the book was in a dark wood by joseph Lutze. I believe that this book comes out in july but I'm looking at my notes and it looks like it could come out in may so um go ahead and be on the lookout for that I'll be sure that we post to social media when it releases um for those of you who are interested Next, I read I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson. This is a young adult book. I'm trying to read one young adult or middle reader book a month. Um, So far, I've done it. Um, This was one that several young adult customers kept talking about. It's also gotten a lot of um, praise critically, um, which I always find interesting, but I especially find it interesting and, um, and telling when both customers and critics enjoy the same works. So I'll Give You the Sun um, has been a favorite of a couple of our young adult readers, but then I also read reviews in some um, critic magazines and things like that. So I picked up I'll Give You the Sun without fully knowing what I was getting into. So um, this book does have some same-sex romance, so um, just if you are not fans of that, then... This book is not going to be for you, so I'm just going to give that disclaimer in advance. Um, I'll Give You the Sun is reminiscent of the other types of young adult books that are really popular right now. So we went through this phase of, I I think it was a phase of, you know, post-apocalyptic, hunger games, divergent, insurgent. Then you had the vampire books, the twilight books, and now, happily, we have entered a new phase of young adult literature where the protagonists and the antagonists are what I would say are real teenagers. Um, I have heard some critics and some of my friends complain that these aren't realistic teenagers, meaning sometimes they talk too fast or they're super snarky or their pop culture references are, you know, from the 80s when their characters from the 2000s. So, you know, that may or may not be true, but I certainly prefer this type of literature to um, fantasy or post-apocalyptic literature. I think that's just a taste-level thing and a and a what interests you type of thing, but I'll give you The Sun is definitely in the same vein of the Rainbow Roll, John Green, maybe E. Lockhart. Um, the author tells this fictional story of two twins um, who start off um, figuratively inseparable. So they it's a boy and a girl and they are as close as a brother and sister can be. Um, and then maybe a third of the way through the novel, we flash forward, and the twins are no longer speaking to each other, and we don't know what's happened, and we don't know why. And I will admit that I started this book, and a few pages in, I looked at my husband, and I said, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this one. Um, Again, just a taste thing, and um, nothing at all against the author, or against the work, but I just thought, I don't know if I'm going to want to read this one. Well, uh the next day I had finished it so so it's very compelling um it's a it's a story you're not going to want to put down I thought the book's pacing was really on point um and again you're kind of kept you kind of keep reading because you want to know what has happened to these twins so I found the story and the plot to be really well done. My one complaint with the book is this and I have to warn you that I, if you know me, you know that I'm a little bit of a prude, I guess, For if you want to put a negative spin on it. Um, but I read a lot of books, and I feel like I'm pretty open-minded. Um, but with young adult books, I'm always intrigued by how sexuality is portrayed, and... Um, I did not find this to be very realistic. So, um, not only was there a great deal of sexual content in this book, um, but sometimes the sexual content came with very few consequences, um, good or bad, and, um, sometimes it just felt unrealistic, and that could be because I myself had an unrealistic teenage experience, I'm not sure, um, I'm many years past that now, so, um... You know, in the beginning of the the novel, the teenagers are thirteen and fourteen, and and they're already um, not just experimenting sexually, but they're having sexual encounters. And I've thought, whoa, that just seems, and it just was glossed over. That that aspect of it was glossed over. So. Um, again this has been a favorite in the store so I understand that I might just be quite frankly too old for this book um, but I would really be curious to know if you have read it if you feel the same way or again if I'm just being a prude that to me was my one complaint about the book so again I thought the plot was really compelling I thought the pace of the book was on point I was desperate to finish I was desperate to know what happened to these two characters Um the characters were pretty realistic, like I, I thought they were flawed, but I still was rooting for them. Um, but the sexual components of the book, and it, and I'm not even referring to the same-sex components of the book, I'm just referring to the sexuality in general, felt pretty strong for a young adult novel. So if I'm recommending this in the store, which um, there have been customers who picked it up, I'm recommending it for older high school students, um, where this subject matter is going to be pretty familiar to them. Um, or I'm recommending it to the new young adult audience, which is college students or, or young 20s. Um, you know if you've been doing any amount of reading, you understand that young adult literature isn't really just for young adults anymore or it's you know emphasis on the adult, meaning I'm not going to recommend this book to a middle school student um, or even an early high school student, but I will, you know, depending on the taste level of the customer, recommend it to an older um, high school student or um, a college, college or young professional um again it's i'll give you the sun by jandy nelson and i would love to hear your feedback um you know that's the beauty of books is everybody's got different taste levels and different things that they enjoy and i'd be curious to know what any of you thought about this one okay next on my list i obviously read a lot of advanced reader copies last month um but the next one was diet land by sarah I. walker so when I went to Asheville for, um, that, for the Winter Institute, which is a book conference for independent booksellers, um, we had these sales rep, um, date with a sales rep, like speed date with a sales rep lunches. And so I would sit at a table with other booksellers, and these sales reps would rotate around and tell us all about books coming out this summer. And diet land was one that these two sales reps could not stop talking about. And the way they described it was so intriguing. And I immediately snagged a copy because I thought I am going to want to read this book. And it sounds like a book that people will be talking about. And now that I have finished it, um, I, my first hunch was correct. People will be talking about this book. Um, I don't know, you know it's extremely well written. Um, I don't know if everyone will like it, um, but people will talk about it. So, the author herself, um, again, her name's Sarah I. Walker. She compares Dietland to a Fight Club for feminists. So, if that intrigues you at all, then you will want to read this book. At least you'll at least want to pick it up off the shelf and give it a try. Um, I think that's a really spot on description Uh, and really, honestly, probably all you need to know, but, um, because that might not be for everyone, I'll give you a brief, uh, synopsis. Um, the protagonist, her name is Plum Kettle, which I found a little ridiculous, but I went with it. Um, she's trying to remain invisible until her upcoming weight loss surgery. So she struggled her entire life with her weight and she's finally going to have this weight loss surgery. And she is buying clothes and preparing for when her life will change. Um, she thinks she will finally be able to live the life that she has imagined for herself. Um, instead, what happens is a guerrilla feminist group starts highlighting the mistreatment of women. And Plum has to figure out, um, through some through this series of events, Plum winds up becoming a big part of this movement. And She has to discover what she thinks about herself and women in general and and whether this surgery really would turn her world upside down or or how women are portrayed in media. Um, That sounds like a convoluted description because this is kind of a convoluted um, book, Um, at least on the outset. At least it might appear that way. But then when you start reading everything flows together, um, Sarah I does a beautiful job of kind of telling this very quirky story, um, if feminist manifestos are your thing, and I know some of you are listening and cringing, so this is not going to be for you, um, but if a feminist manifesto or a fight club for feminists or a Lena Dunham type book, which I know I've referenced her twice today, but, um, that's really what this is, um, then by all means pick up diet land. Um, I read it and there were parts of it I really struggled with because I really thought I got to talk to somebody about this. Like I don't necessarily agree with this or I think this is weird. Um, and then other parts of it I thought were so smart and so well done. Um, if your book club is brave, this could be a book club book for you. Um, you know, if your book club enjoys things like Roxane Gay's Bad Feminist, or um, you, not, Lena Dunham's Not That Kind of Girl, or even an Amy Poehler or a Tina Fey, I mean, this is kind of dark, snarky, you know, I don't, you know, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are funny, but I don't necessarily think they're dark and snarky, and this, this book is fictional, and it's dark, and it's snarky, and it's clever, and I already mailed my advanced reader copy out to somebody, again, as part of that sisterhood of the traveling book club, and I cannot wait to hear what this particular person thinks about this book. Um, I finished it, and my first thought was, oh my gosh, I need to talk to somebody about this. And I imagine there will be some buzz around this book for that very reason. I think you're going to find this one might hit the talk shows, might hit the Today Show, um, Good Morning America, that kind of thing. So go ahead and just tuck that information away in the back of your mind because this book will release next month. It'll release in May. And let's see if my predictions are right and let's see if um, if mainstream media starts talking about this one. Again, the book is Dietland by Sarai Walker. And it's a book um, I'd recommend if you're into the books that I've already mentioned. If you're not, again, if if feminist manifestos are not your thing, then don't worry about this one. (laughs) Just skip right over it. Um, Okay, next book I read uh, was Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. Look, if you listen to this podcast, if you read my blog, if you follow the bookshelf on social media, if you follow me on social media, you have already heard me rave about this book. I love Gretchen Rubin. I loved The Happiness Project. I enjoyed Happier at Home. This, to me, is her best book. Um, it's about habits and habit building. It quite literally has changed my life, at least for the time being. I hope, I hope it's changed my life for the good, for the better, for the long haul. But... Um, uh, I will put a link in the show notes because a couple weeks ago we did a full episode devoted to Better Than Before. Katie and I chatted about um, how it affected our habits and what it got us thinking about. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go back and find that one. But Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin, probably um, aside from Everybody Rise, it was probably my favorite book of March. All right, and last but not least, I picked up in the store Hey Natalie Jean by Natalie Holbrook. Um I picked this one up. I specifically ordered it for the store. I've been reading Natalie Holbrook's blog for years. Um this is a blogger turned author um book. And I actually think Natalie Holbrook can write. Again, we've already discussed and perhaps I'll put a link in the show notes to that conversation as well. We've already discussed bloggers and whether or not they can write, and whether or not they deserve um, to publish books, and what we think about that. Um, But I think Natalie Holbrook is actually a really talented writer. I've followed her blog for a long time. And her book, Hey Natalie Jean, does rehash some of her blog content. I thought where the book, this is a book, um, I won't call it a coffee table book, but kind of. It's, It's filled with color photographs, And there are essays interspersed throughout. So I actually think this would make a lovely Mother's Day or um, baby shower gift. Um, I think moms, especially young moms, would really enjoy this one. It'd be something different from Goodnight Moon or or a baby pacifier or diapers or whatever it is people give at baby showers. Uh, I think this would be a really fun gift. Um, And Mother's Day is coming up, and I think it'd be suitable for that as well. Um, So she does rehash some of her blog content. I think the weakest parts of this book are her parts where she talks about style and home. I I mean, I think they're still interesting and they're still relevant and and you'll still enjoy them because, as I said, it's accompanied by these beautiful pictures. And some people really love reading style tips and home decorating tips. And though there are chapters devoted to that um, type of content. That, to me, is the weaker part of the book, but I know that some people really enjoy that. What I enjoy are her personal essays. So she wrote a little bit, I believe, about infertility. Um, she wrote about, you know, she writes about being a mom and wife. Um, the most powerful essay, I think, in the whole book is about her grandmother and watching her grandmother suffer with Alzheimer's. Um, that almost brought me to tears. And for that reason alone, I think this book is really well done. Um uh, if you are not a fan or familiar with Natalie Holbrook her book is hey or her blog is heynataliejean.com. we'll put a link in the show notes you can maybe familiarize yourself with her there and then if you discover you're a fan or if you like what you see there then i'd recommend the book to you Um, now if you're not familiar with her blog or if the people you love and know aren't familiar with her blog, I still think the book would be suitable. I think the subtitle is called Advice on Motherhood and More or something like that. And I think that's accurate and I think, um, I think she does a good job. And even if you're not a fan of her blog, I think there's something for you in this book. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's all I really have to say about that. Um, I am going to be recommending it in the store as a as a Mother's Day baby shark gift type book, um, or if young moms or I'm not a mom and I really enjoyed it. So um, if young professional women come in the shop looking for something maybe hip and new to read, I think this this would top my list for them. I really I really enjoyed it. I thought the essays were compelling, um, and even the stuff about home decor and styles. I think some people might really enjoy as well. Um, Again, the book was Hey, Natalie Jean by Natalie Holbrook. So those are the books I read in March. If you're keeping track, um, that was eight books for March, so I'm right on track. I'm trying to read at least a book a week, maybe even a little bit more. I've also tried my hand at audiobooks, but I'll tell you more about that in my April um, reading recaps. Let's just say, though, that it hasn't been going well. I don't know if audiobooks are for me. So anyway, I read these eight books uh, the good old-fashioned way and perhaps the better way for me. Um, But anyway, if you have any thoughts on these books or if you have any questions, you can always find us on our website, com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at bookshelfteaville.com or on Facebook at Bookshelf Thomasville. Uh, Again, I'd love to hear what you have to say and would love to hear what you're reading too. We'll see you next week. Thanks.